Get ready to rumble. Shilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Chad Wolf, the former acting secretary of the Department of Homeland Security and really a hero and a warrior for border security and national security. Chad Wolf, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rob. Um, talk to us a little bit about the purpose of the Department of Homeland Security, because I think these days it's very hard to determine what's going on there. Yeah, it's tough. Look, it's a big, uh, it's a big organization. It's about 250,000 uh, employees wow. at DHS. You have about seven or eight operating components, so it's anything from the Coast Guard to the aviation or airport security screeners that you see. You have FEMA, you have... Uh, immigration customs enforcement. You certainly have customs and border protection. You have the Secret Service. So there's a lot of different entities within the department. Obviously, the one that probably gets the in, in cybersecurity, of course, yes. probably the one that gets the most attention is probably those uh, operating entities that deal with the border these days. And those are primarily three. That's customs and border protection. These are the folks that are uh, guarding the border, right? So that's made up of border patrol officers as well as customs officers, folks that are uh, screening people as they come into the country. You've got ICE, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Mm -hmm. These are law enforcement agents that remove individuals from the country, uh, perhaps folks that cross the border illegally. Uh, and then you have USCIS, which is our Citizenship and Immigration Services, uh, which handle a lot of the visas, parole, things of that nature from an immigration perspective. So. Those are, the, those are certainly not the only three entities at the department, but as far as news coverage yeah. these days, those, those, those three entities probably get the, the lion of the share of it. So I've got to ask you, I mean, that, that's a monstrous amount of people, a quarter of a million people. I had no idea. But I'm concerned about the morale of the people that work for that, particularly in the high-profile areas, because I would imagine people go to work there with a mission in their heart that they want to protect the country, and yet it seems to me under the current direction that it's going in the opposite way of that. So, Yeah, I think that's right. You know, you got to think about DHS um, is the largest law enforcement agency, not only in the country, but the world. There's about 70 to 75,000 uh, sworn law enforcement agents and officers that work at the department in a variety of different missions. So these are individuals, they're patriots. Mm -hmm. uh, they love their country. They've sworn an oath of office to enforce the law. And I think this administration, what we've seen, uh, they have told them time and time again to not enforce the law in various circumstances. And so from a morale standpoint, that starts to wear on you. Mm -hmm. And so we certainly see it with Border Patrol, but we see it in other, in other facets as well. And I think uh, a lot of people don't understand the mission. A lot of people that work there mm -hmm. don't understand where they're going, what they're doing, why they're not enforcing the law why they're not doing what they were trained to do at the end of the day. So how long do people tolerate that? I mean, that, that's my grave concern, and you having been in a position to oversee all of that, that at some point people just become disenchanted or just unwilling to continue, and then what do we do? You mentioned the word patriot also. That's a dirty word now. 
I mean, I've, I've heard that term used pejoratively by people in the highest positions of power in this country. Well, I, th I think that's right. I think they certainly think that anyone that says that you're a patriot or I'm patriotic, they kind of look, you know, certainly those on the left will look at you in a different light. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say it, uh, you yes, know, and I'll, I'll, keep, you. I'll keep saying it. But look, I, I think we do see that, right? If you just look at the Border Patrol, they more and more of those individuals are retiring uh, when they don't need to. They're retiring because uh, they don't see that they have a mission any longer. Right. These, these folks are not driven by money. I mean, they're not making a lot of money. They're living in, in down on the southwest border in small local communities trying to protect the border. And when their leadership is saying the border is secure and the border is closed, and then you see 900,000, almost a million people cross that border, what we call gotaways that never see a law enforcement agent, they're just kind of, they've thrown their hands up and say, our political leadership is out to lunch. And after time, it wears on you, and then you start to look for other opportunities. From a management perspective, Chad, if things were to turn around, let's say we had new leadership in the country, how difficult is it to ramp the machine back up again and to, to find those people that retired early and get them back or to get new people who feel the same way? It sounds like a very difficult job. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not going to happen overnight, uh, but it does start, you're exactly right, it starts with leadership and it starts with making sure that particularly law enforcement officers inside DHS, but other employees as well, is they know that you're there to enforce the law as Congress has passed it, right? What this administration is an expert at is saying, okay, Congress told me to do these four things, I'm gonna do two of them because I really don't like to do yeah. the other two. So we just get back to sort of blocking and tackling. You're just gonna do, Congress passes the laws, they debate them, and then DHS, within our authority, we enforce the laws. And we're gonna do that to our best uh, ability. And you allow the law enforcement officers loose to do their job, you hold them accountable when they step over that line, or they do something inappropriate, you hold them accountable. But you let them do their job. You don't, you don't continue to handcuff them like we see today. I'd like to talk about your own tenure because I think it's instructive to people to hear what a productive and right-thinking Department of Homeland Security would be doing. So let's talk about some of the primary initiatives under your time there. And I want to start with the border itself. It seems like right now it's a stretch to even call it a border. I think it is. It's tough. It's, Look, we, we had a crisis in 2018 and 2019 during the Trump administration. It, it pales in comparison to what we're seeing yeah. today. So we thought it was a very big crisis at the time. And we tried a lot of different initiatives uh, that perhaps Border Patrol had, had tried previously, 10 years ago. Um, we tried moving Border Patrol officers from the northern border to the southern border, a DHS volunteer force to go there. We tried all these different things and none of it really worked at the end of the day. We weren't seeing progress. We saw the smugglers and the traffickers sort of getting around it. And so we had to do some really innovative things like the Remain in Mexico program, like the asylum cooperative agreements, like building 457 miles of border wall system. Some really innovative things that hadn't been done before. And that's where this administration finds itself. They are so in the hole um, on, on a lawless border that they are gonna have to take some really innovative initiatives. They're gonna have to undertake those. The issue I see is, A, they don't have the leadership, they don't have the foresight, they don't have the creativity to do any of that. And so what they're doing is status quo, right? So for 18 or 19 months now, we've seen nothing change along that border. And if you're a cartel member and you run a cartel and you run this multinational business, which is a cartel, like any business, you want predictability. And the Biden administration is giving them predictability along that border every single day because there's nothing new being done. 
And so that's where we find ourselves. And so it's dramatically different than, than what we saw during the four years of the Trump administration. I, I would say even pre previously to the Obama administration. Um, so that that's the border. It's um, I've got a lot of different problems with what's going on. I, I fault this administration for lying to the American people, whether it's the president, the vice president, or their spokesperson. Uh, out of the White House, talking about how the border is secure, talking ah. about how people do not walk over the border. Yet, there are photos and images every single day where hundreds of thousands are walking across I've that seen border. Them. They're streaming across. Of course they are. Of course they are. And so, what this administration would want you to believe is it's almost like don't believe your eyes. Yes. The American people are not dumb. They understand what's going on down there. And yet, you have a couple of political leaderships here saying, no, 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 that's not really what's happening. Let me tell you really what's happening. And so I think people are starting to give up. And uh, whether that's DHS law enforcement officers or that's the American people. And that's a sad case. We're not even two years into this, into this administration. And they have completely broken the border. They have no strategy to fix it. And I think they're going to, I think the people, hopefully a lot of people will, will decide to vote in November uh, on this issue. I, you know, I travel around the country and a lot of people are really upset about this. I'm glad to hear that. I'm heartened to hear it. You mentioned the border wall, and I've heard a bunch of stories about the border wall, and I want to just get some clarification. Uh, number one, I heard that there was a lot of material that was purchased that's just sitting out and, and deteriorating. Um, I've also heard recently that the Biden administration was resuming construction. So maybe you can help us clarify uh, those two stories and what the status is of the contractors and all of that that yeah. we hear about. So when we left the administration in, in January of, of 21, we had about 457 miles of border wall system built. So when I say wall system, it's right. not only that physical infrastructure, but it's the cameras, it's the road, it's the lighting, it's the fiber optic cables, it's everything that goes with that system. 457 miles of it. Out of what was intended? Uh, we were looking at a, at a total of about 750. So a good chunk of it. Good chunk of it, but we had also pre-ordered. We had mm -hmm. pre-ordered the materials for another 150 miles, mm -hmm. roughly, 150 miles, and we're having that delivered along that border. So, because at the end of that, uh, at the end of the administration, we were probably putting up about a mile a day, which is a, wow. a significant, uh, a significant achievement. And so, what you see today is you have materials for about 150 miles of wall sitting in the desert on on its side, not being constructed, and the contractors are still getting paid for that. To do nothing, to, to do, let the stuff sit there. It would have been cheaper for this administration to build that 150 miles than to continue to pay the contractors to do nothing, to watch over it, and just sit there. You know, this is beyond outrageous. So when we hear the stories, and I saw them within the last week, that the Biden administration was resuming construction of the border wall, would you tell us what the truth is? I'm assuming you heard that. Yeah, now, you know, there's there's all different types of border wall systems. There's some that are in the desert. So th that's probably what you think of when you see border wall. What the Biden administration is doing are levees within city limits, like within the city of Laredo and, and other populated centers, mm -hmm. uh, levees for farmers so that their uh, crops are not washed away by the river. So there's a variety of different ways to construct the border wall system. I think they are under pressure, they being the administration, the political leadership from the Border Patrol. Border Patrol line agents, law enforcement agents, say they want this border wall. And I think in some circumstances, right, you have uh, Congressman um, uh, Cuellar from South Texas who doesn't like the wall, but acknowledges maybe in certain areas it's okay. 
A switch has flipped there. Yeah, a switch has flipped. And so that's what they're dealing with. But I think most of it is levee systems. Uh, maybe they're building a you know, if you've got a 12-foot levee wall, maybe they're building a little, a little bollard fencing on top. But it's not that fencing, that 30-foot high fencing that you see in the desert where we really need it as well. From the border, I'd like to go to some of your initiatives, if we could, Chad, on the electoral process itself. People I talk to are so concerned that we can't have fair elections here anymore, and I know that was kind of under your purview. Well, yeah, so uh, at CISA, which is our cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency, we made sure, at least during my uh, tenure, that any election, and so whether that was a midterm congressional election or a presidential election, was free from any foreign interference, mm -hmm. right? So we didn't want Russia, China, Iran, or anyone else interfering with our election system, uh, particularly from a cybersecurity perspective or an influence perspective. And so we went to, we did our work, and I think we did a, a great job. I think at the end of the administration during the, the presidential election of 2020, there was a lot of confusion of what DHS's authorities actually are. Mm -hmm. DHS doesn't do election fraud. That's a Department of Justice uh, jurisdiction, and they, they investigate that and then prosecute election fraud. So I think a lot of concerns that we saw in 2020, whether it was Zuckerbucks, whether it was uh, drop boxes being used in a manner that they've mm -hmm. never been used before, um, on and on and on, not really in the jurisdiction of DHS. Uh, if there are um, systems that were being uh, manipulated election systems such as voting machines and the like, then of course we would get involved. Um, but I think the majority of the concerns that we now see are more on the voter fraud. Yes. Um, and so that was an area that DHS never weighed in on. It's just not what we do. Mm -hmm. It's always been the civil rights division of the Department of Justice. Finally, I'd like to go to domestic and international terrorism. I think people have forgotten about that because we've been lucky or blessed, how, depending how you want to look at it, to have been relatively safe, but it's not like there aren't threats there. How do you feel about the present state of our preparedness? Well, I'm, I'm a little concerned, right? So again, it, it requires leadership from this administration. And I think if the American people, who I appreciate don't follow this day to day, right? Don't follow the politics and what's going on. They would hear the president talk about two things as a threat to the homeland, white supremacists yes. and I guess MAGA Republicans yes. based off of a recent speech uh, the president delivered. Both of those, are that's nonsense. There are real threats facing the homeland. There are foreign terrorist organizations that are still very active. Obviously, our chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan mm -hmm. has now emboldened uh, terrorist organizations in Afghanistan, which are reconstituting themselves. Uh, you have Iran, who is still targeting American citizens every day. Why isn't the administration and the Department of Homeland Security talking about these threats? Why aren't they talking about the cartels who are killing over 100,000 Americans every single year with their deadly narcotics. Why? Those seem to be the threats that I would be focused on. Uh, there's China, who's obviously uh, a very big adversary of the United States at the moment. You don't hear any of that. You don't, you don't hear uh, what's going on in those areas. And look, I, I haven't seen any intelligence since I left office, but there was intelligence on all of that, on how they are probing and they are looking for our vulnerabilities. The white supremacist, look, I understand what that, I understand why they talk about that. That plays very well politically for them. But you don't want to play politics with the security of the, of the country and the homeland. And that, unfortunately, that's what I see today. They're not being honest with the American people. You have the White House spokesperson just basically lying about the border. She has no idea what she's talking about, saying that people don't walk over. Of course they walk over. It's secure. Of course it's not secure. She has no idea because I don't think 
folks working in this administration really understand the security of the homeland. It's a terrible state of things, but I'm so glad, Chad Wolf, former Acting Secretary, Department of Homeland Security, that you're speaking out and telling the truth. Thank you for joining us today on The Schilling Show Unleashed right. podcast. Thanks. Appreciate it. That concludes another edition of The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time.